You are listening to a Core Awareness Seminar by Liz Cook. Her website is www.coreawareness.com. That's C-O-R-E awareness.com. Please note that Core Awareness is a trademark signature of Liz Cook, her workshops, seminars, books, and CDs. The information presented in the seminar is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose of the seminar is to provide information and to simply educate. The author and publisher shall have neither liability nor responsibility to any person or entity with respect to any loss, damage, or injury caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly by the information, suggestions, explorations, or exercises contained within the seminar or written in response to the seminar. The author is not a medical authority, and she is not qualified to diagnose or prescribe any therapy. The information is simply her personal opinion. Please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have. Hi, this is Liz Cook. This is my Core Awareness Podcast, and today I'm very excited to have Maya Luna, an amazing poet and teacher of feminine wisdom, join me for a meandering, a conversation around the feminine and the wild. Maya teaches online worldwide, is the creator of the Deep Feminine Mystery School, and her work focuses on the lost feminine ways of knowing and perceiving reality. And she offers her teachings through the vessel of art, poetry, and spoken word. And I have to say, her, um, her poetry is stunning. And I was thinking about some of it today, and it's kind of like I can't even begin to pick anything. Um, There's so much. It's so rich and so deep and so moving. So her work is really a transmission. And in that way, uh, it drops into what I think of as the wild. Um, She her first book of poetry is Omega Feral Secrets of the Deep Feminine. And it's available on Amazon. And she has an amazing spoken word album called Holy Darkness, a tantric tantric opus that I really highly recommend. And I hear there's a new one coming out. So welcome, Maya. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Liz. Yeah. I deeply appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. And, and it speaks to me in my heart, in my bones, in my blood, um, mm. as we stand at this moment in time. Yes. Well, I love that you say that because the return of feminine wisdom, I think, is really the, the turning point of this era that we're in. I think that... Yes we have gotten to the point that we are at collectively. It's sort of like this is the apex reflection of the loss of connection to the feminine. And it has led us here. And so returning to her is the only way through that I see. 
Me too. So yeah. for people who are listening to this and 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 um let I'd like to kind of open it with something that I notice, which is the fear of the wild. And mm-hmm. it feels to me that it's part of a long ancestral lineage with very real complications and implications. And that it's mm-hmm. a kind of manufactured disdain that we've been living under in the dominant culture. And your yeah. poetry often speaks quite directly to both this unnamed dominion over life as well as the patriarchy mm-hmm. itself. So I'd like you to mm-hmm. speak to whatever you're feeling right now yeah. around that. Oh, how exciting to dive into this with you. Thank you for opening this conversation. I think the first foundation that we have to lay here um, is that when I use the word patriarchy, and I know the way that you're using it now, um, what I'm referring to is a thousands of years old pattern and legacy in human consciousness and human embodiment that has devalued, discarded, misunderstood, projected on, avoided, resisted this, what I call the feminine layer of reality. And it can get a little bit confusing when we use these words because, you know, patriarchy to some people means, you know, something that men are doing to women, men are oppressing women. And um, in my view, that's, patriarchy is much, uh, much greater than that. And it's actually not something that men are doing to women or that men need to be held responsible to stop. It's a collective relationship to the feminine, Mm -hmm. which is also different than femininity, right? And I think that's important too. So these words are really um, nuanced and they have different meanings to different people, which can sometimes create confusion. And so I find it's really important to just to start with that, to start with this, understanding that there is this layer of reality called the feminine that was known, you know, as the great mother that has all these implications for how we perceive ourselves, each other, how we meet our moment, how we be in our bodies that has been lost. You know, it's our relationship to the earth as well. Yes. And... Um, That's what I call patriarchal consciousness. It's that which has uh, lost touch with the feminine. Yes, and in losing touch, suppressing it. Because it feels to me more than just a loss. It's that when it surfaces, it is annihilated. Or suppressed. Or controlled. Well, and I love that you... Yes, yes. And I love that you were speaking about, you know, the, the wild, right? And even, even the word wild in patriarchy tends to mean, you know, uh, subversive, naughty, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> kind of like, you know, ooh, going outside the box, 
as though the box is normal. And when you start to really learn about the feminine and get in touch with the feminine, what you start finding is that the box that we're in is not normal. The box that we're in is not natural or organic. That the wild is actually what is organic and true and deeply innocent. Yeah. And I sense that, you know, a lot of my work with this core integrity and coherency with the tissue called psoas really has to do with our animal body. That's how I speak about mm. it now, is that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, tracking, I'm tracking my sensory system. I'm tracking not the hyper-intellectualism of a, to- a dominant mm-hmm. top-down model on body as body is object and body is what I learn to control, but the deep sense of wisdom, of knowing that mm-hmm. comes through my tissue through my sensory system and so for my animal body my response is often a sense that of being engaged um, or being born even domesticated like in a zoo where somewhere though inside me I hear this call and I may not even Mm. know what wild really means to me I have Mm. lost that but Somewhere in my, uh, you know, microchondria, somewhere in my cells, somewhere in my blood, in my bones in particular, I know things. I know something about Mm. what we're talking about, about the feminine. Mm. My animal body. I love that. Yes, and that's such a big part of patriarchy is the, the overvaluing of the logical the rational, that which can objectively, you know, observe and make meaning, make mental meaning and understanding. Whereas when I hear you speak, and I know this just from my own embodiment practices and and sensory and sensual practices, you know, getting really intimate with the body, like curious, intimate, inhabiting, inhabiting the senses, inhabiting the body. It's like there's this whole wordless wisdom stream that starts to pour through that probably is is not even, um, you can't even really put language on it. It's like direct knowing, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, too, because there's this incredible book. I don't know. Have you read The Goddess Versus the Alphabet? No, but thank you, because that's actually what I just wrote about today was um, in response to someone saying they were teaching their four-year-old the ABCs. And I just had such a a gut reaction. Um, Wow. Because I understand that magic or mystery, a child naturally has that until you Mm -hmm. start to try to shape their brain. And if you don't, if you don't, which I didn't with my children, um, they stay in this wonder and in in a, a very sensual, direct relationship to to earth and tree and river and, you know, to, yes. to the 
to just being life. And, and that's where we find our creativity. And so to, mm. I just didn't want to squelch that creativity that's so spontaneous, you know, and so playful. Mm. Um, mm. And yet we think that is helping children, you know, it's helping. So, yes. So say the title again. I love, I love, I love, you're totally picking up on, you know, a very uh, anthropological (laughs) reality. I love it. Um, Yes, this book, The the Alphabet Versus the Goddess, or The Goddess Versus the Alphabet, I can't remember. Leonard Schlein, I believe, is the author's name, anthropologist. And he tracked that the... The original, you know, (laughs) destruction of, what's that? Yeah, I said, thank you. That's just, I was looking for the book, and you brought it. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm looking for that. It's a very, very academic, it's a very academic book, but it's fascinating. It's it's about how the original, you know, destruction of the goddess temples and the loss of feminine wisdom and, you know, literally the way that humans' um, brains began to change, all co-arose with the advent of the written word, which also co-arose with the Father God, you know, the Abrahamic religions, the exaltation of the rational, the logical, the transcendent. Um, So the written word, our capacity to read and write and name and claim and objectify reality which is a beautiful thing. I mean, let's, let's, let's be real. I mean, I'm a writer, like, you know, like, nothing wrong with that, but, but it's like there's this interesting mystery where that very channel led to our disconnection from the feminine. And also he tracks it, you know, connecting to, like, misogyny, actually. Yeah. So like you're saying, not just a disconnection, but a a demonization, a devaluing, right? Yeah. This legacy of the feminine um, being turned into a dangerous, you know, seductress, temptress, dirty, evil, right? The whole realm of the wild, the whole realm of the direct experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sad that which we cannot control or rename or be named. Yes, yeah. So you're right. You're right on track. I think you're really you're tuned in to that. You know, which makes well, sense. Well, I think we're we're tracking back into. Um, uh, for me, I'm tracking back. Okay, so my work is with core integrity, but core integrity uh, in the core of our actual tissue holds the ancestral story and 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 so so as is very elusive tissue it's a very fluid tissue and for me it's a it's a messenger of the midline it's the bio Mm. it's the center of being is is the intelligence of all life it's the bio intelligence and Mm. so as just tells us are we in alignment with our axis are we literally here on earth have we shown up or wow. haven't we? That's what it's always telling us. It's like, have you literally landed? And and so I see how modernity and these past even hundred years has, for instance, changed uh, birth and child rearing mm. to actually be part of the 
internalization of the dominance over. Wow. In, in the white body, we, you know, we, first of all, women submit themselves to being delivered. Uh, mm. When we don't need to be delivered, we need, we need, babies need to be caught maybe, but, but not delivered. Wow. And so we see that women go in and, you know, Ooh. now we're getting to the point where women really can't have natural birth. And everybody has to have a, you know, a C-section. And, I mean, I'm watching this in my lifetime. And it's like, but the animal body can't give, you, you can't have that, you can't have it both ways. You can't be in yeah. this mechanized world and then be the animal body there. Because the animal body is like, that's not where we give birth. It's like making love right. on a freeway. I mean, it's not like you can't do it. But right. It's like really not what you call very pleasurable. <laughs> and in tune. Wow. Wow. So I see. Yeah, the I, I love that you bring up further. Yeah. Like the women are further from this, even in my generation, from their knowing, from right. their innate knowing. So for right. for me, you coming into my field, it's like. Oh, good. Somebody's like working this, mm. you know, like, mm. like calling us in, calling us into this flow, reminding us of the power of the wild, of the, of, mm-hmm. you know, your, your whole focus around rage. And, and I, I adore rage. To me, you can't be in core integrity if you don't know that animal body, you mm. know, bear mama response to life, you know, to protecting life. Yes. Yes. I think that that is the original, one of the things that I've tracked is that both what I call sacred rage and sacred eros, right, the erotic, Mm -hmm. these are both actually very core emanations of the goddess, of the feminine. Um, that are, we could say, um, sacred transmissions into the mystery of life, you know. And both of them, both anger, rage, and sex have been misappropriated in patriarchy, you know, Mm -hmm. have been used for domination, for control, for objectification. So we've lost touch with the pure essence you know and the vehicle of consciousness and the direct transmission that is so sacred and so innocent and so of kind of the pulsing heart of life itself like you said this protecting the innocence of life that's the real jewel of sacred rage and so it's it's interesting because I you know, I did a lot of work with sacred sexuality for many, many, many years, and sacred rage is more of a, a recent passion for me. But as I go into it, I keep discovering, oh, this is actually just, it's the same thing. It's this very pure energy that has been misunderstood, demonized, misappropriated, <laughs> misused, right? Right. So there's, well, to there's me, so Eros many things that you're talking life. about. It, it, to me, Eros is life. You know, it's the, yes. it's the 
it's the wave it's the it's the yeah. undulations it's the spiral it's the you know all mm-hmm. life is movement and and all life is touched by water and to me that's mm-hmm. what eros is it's not really uh, separate as a as as part of sex it's, yeah it's i totally literally understand. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. literally the the eroticism of life itself, the pleasure of a strawberry, the the feeling of rain on my skin. The you know, it's 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 the, yeah. it's pleasure. It's the ability to allow uh, this deep kinship with with the wild, with life, mm. with not being separated. And that's why I'm saying that what I'm seeing is for women is that there's a split in their consciousness around safety. So let's use birth, childbirth as an example. You know, I'll be safer in the hospital in case there's an emergency. I'll be, mm-hmm. even though you're, you're, you're literally on an industrialized birth complex that is putting you through like a mm-hmm. machine, right? If you don't go through certain phases, we correct them and you mm-hmm. move through. And then, and then women are shocked. Or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the childbearing traditions. So letting mm-hmm. a baby cry it out as a way to mm-hmm. individuate. That's a that's about a hundred years old. In which yeah. what are we really doing? We're actually creating dissonance and disassociation in our children. Yeah. So we're yeah. we're actually yeah. part I guess my point, what I want to kind of pull in is that we are actually participating in this patriarchy. People often think, oh, it's over oh, yeah. there and, and it's the oppressor. But it's actually, we've, we've embodied it. Oh, for sure. And we're sure. carrying Absolutely. it through. So speak to that. Yeah. How do you start to dissolve or, I don't know, what are your mm. strategies or what are your approaches to, <laughs> for you? Yeah. I know what mine are, but what are, you know, we're almost glorifying it in our trying to, either participate, control it, and yet mindlessly doing these things that actually, um, you know, at Mm. this point, women are actually talking about babies, for example, as being um, hitchhikers. Like they're actually losing their animal body's recognition. They're bringing a soul into the earth that all human beings have moved to the body of a woman. There's no one on the face of the earth who has not moved and grown and come through the body of a woman. And we don't find that sacred. Mm. Gosh, I mean, there's so many juicy things here I want to speak to. I'm going to answer your question about how to work with the consciousness of patriarchy um, as it lives within us or how I work with it in myself. But I just have to say something about birthing because, again, this is another place where it's like it's so connected to everything um, that is about our legacy and how we got here because, you know, the witches that were burned by the Christian uh, Inquisition, they um, they were goddess worshipers. They were devotees to Diana. They were medicine women. Um, 
that also tended to this sacred ritual of women's bodies and reproduction and birth control and abortion and giving birth. And uh, these were the women that were really, really, really um, attacked during that that um, colonization process, which is such a deep part of the patriarchal legacy. Yeah. Right. And so, and what what is giving birth? It is the most primal, like you said, animal, instinctual, embodied <laughs> experience mm-hmm. that also holds this incredible, you know, spiritual transmission inside of it of my God, the formless coming into form, yeah. you know, spirit coming into matter and flesh. Uh, yeah. it's, it's the gateway to incarnation, you know, and incarnation is the realm of the feminine. It's the body. It's the earth. It's density, right? It's form, imminence. So... I think it's so interesting how these little symbolic portals and vortexes show up, right? It's like how we regard women giving birth to children um, just says so much about where we're at, right? Yeah. (sighs) How do I work with patriarchy? So many ways. Well, it's I kind mean, of, or how do we reclaim that? You know, how do we begin? Yeah. Me, well, I have something to say. You know, I've lived something to say about it. You know, we were, mm. we were, we were on track of reclaiming, and and yet mm. we were also, we were also, you know, empowering, and and so at this point, I I'm not real. Like I don't, I'm not very hopeful because, you know the decolonizing, the post-colonized, the post-patriarchal. To me, it's all like, how do I work around this problem when, in fact, I think something very different has to, has to uh, come into being. Yes. Well, I think, I think what we've seen is a lot of movement on the political plane around our values and our rights, and that's all so important. But if we don't meet it on the embodied level, right, which is what we're talking mm-hmm. about here, mm-hmm. and I think that is that is the that is something that hasn't been done before. I know I know that my work is um, something that I've never seen before, seen anyone doing, and it's probably what you're speaking to as the next wave, like, like you're talking about the tissue, right, mm-hmm. and the tissues. Patriarchy is so pervasive. It's like the water we don't know we're swimming in. Yes. You know, so how can we even know how to undo something that is the very fabric of the reality that we live in? So one one thing I feel to share here is um, I'm sure that you know Rain Eisler's work, The Chalice and the Blade. She's another brilliant author, anthropologist, who tracked the origins of, of patriarchy on the planet and talks about how we moved from a chalice culture to a blade culture. And what I find in working with myself and, 
and in my teachings is that we have been entrained to hold our bodies and our minds and our perceptions as a blade towards the moment, as a blade towards reality, to conquer, to dominate, to know, to understand, rather than to receive a state of intimacy with. Mm -hmm. And that quality of receiving my experience is like it's like the moment pouring in not me doing the moment it's the moment pouring in it's life meeting me it's me making love to the moment there's a way of being in our bodies literally being in our bodies and I have a feeling you and I really probably meet here I know students that are both of our students have said you teach the same practices which I think mm. is so cool. Um, but it's, it's this dropping. So when, when I drop into what I call the deep feminine current of reality, which is kind of like what you're calling arrows, you know, it's kind of a different dimension of reality, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a real, there is a real, um, it's like the conqueror has to submit the internalized patriarchy in me has to submit to the goddess, to the feminine. And what Mm -hmm. I've found is that that consciousness, that way of being in our bodies and our senses and our perceptions is afraid that if it lets go, nothing is going to catch it. It's going to fall because nothing else exists other than its own power and will and control. So what we find when we start to soften these mechanisms of domination, conquering, will, control, to open and drop down and receive through our bodies and senses, we find that there actually is something that holds us, that catches us, that's deeper, vaster, greater, wider than our own will, our own understanding our own controlling and that's what I call the deep feminine mm-hmm. sounds like that's what you call the wild yeah I call that the bio like a mysterious other yes the, the bio intelligence mm-hmm. is that what you said yeah and I would say the first time I ever experienced that was through the back field of my body I was actually yeah I was playing on a, <laughs> on a deflated ball, and I fell into this field. And I, the the only word I could come up with was that I I think this is what love is. It's like what falling in love is. Oh, I was that's right. I was that's right. Simply falling in, and that I would say is the first time I literally fell in love. Oh, this I have field tears right of, now of being of being held. Yeah, that's right being held oh I have tears right now that's so beautiful and so you know the back body thing it's so funny how simple it is but you know I've had so many people over the years tell me that one teaching that one practice you gave me of inhabiting the back of my body changed my life forever yeah 
And that's totally part of what I'm describing as the, um, the chalice versus the blade. It's like we kind of, we lean forward into time. We twist mm-hmm. up and out and away from the moment. We live on the surface, the front of our body. And uh, it's so amazing how simple these things are. Patriarchy is so complex. <laughs> but, but the return is simple in so many ways, isn't it? It actually is, exactly. yeah, and very right. nourishing. Incredibly nourishing. Simple and nourishing. Simple and nourishing. Mm-hmm. I love that you talked about the back body. I'm, so, I'm just like, my heart is so open by that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and that's the back of the that's heart. Like yeah. Yeah. So there's also the idea of even, I know you, you know, like that whole idea of, of um, love or, or uh, a, a sense of, of care that you speak of. I know you have a, recently posted something um, around both your classes coming up, but also the the beauty of uh, kind of embodying this, the anger, but understanding mm. anger from all these different different ways, and mm-hmm. and when you uh, and and I was reading it, and you know, understanding this idea of how love is about in the in this kind of overculture is about pleasing someone else or doing something right or, um, you know, you, you, you keep coming back to this idea of spirituality and acceptance and, and yet that is not what this falling in love feels like to me. It is a being held, but it is a, a yeah. potency that is way beyond kind of... Uh, not even a letting go it's not a giving up it I mean it can be but for me it's actually landing in maybe it's landing in a different perception landing in a different way of knowing that is so Mm -hmm. potent and has such energy and force to it that Mm. it's it it it's holding something you know, like a power of just life itself, the potency of life itself. So the wild is dangerous. It's, you know, mm. it's, it, it has a, 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 a potency to it, a power. Uh, and that is, I think, when I can be in that receptive state, I can actually hold that power. So to me, um, in my work, it's called... <laughs> um, one of the ways we talk about it is through the Chinese ways of looking at energy, and we call it the uh, the audacity of the gallbladder. Mm. It's the mm-hmm. you know the gallbladder is connected to the liver, which has to do with anger, right? But it also has to mm-hmm. do with creativity. So to me, when you talk mm-hmm. about creativity and feminine rage and you know loving destruction, and it's like I know that shit, you know, like this is <laughs> this is about about standing in the clarity of your own center of being, of this power that is uh, yeah. is earth. Well, itself. we probably need, we probably need the energy of um, that potent 
rage as love to yeah. break the chains of the caging of the domestication. <laughs> you know? Yeah, speak to that uh, because what I feel is that that people um I I toy with this idea that people want to become just comfortable in the in the cage, in the prison. You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. um Emily Conrad, who is a very potent and uh, uh, spoke about Eros a lot, would say, I don't want to be flexible inside the prison walls. You know, I, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm looking for. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. so my work as a conceptual artist, because I'm not really a, a therapist, I'm a conceptual artist, has always been about what, what are, mm. the, what are the, the, the ways in which my perception can change the way I understand uh, the world. And, mm. and so when I, when I realize that movement, like the falling back into the back body, for example, shifts my entire awareness. It changes the way my, my understanding of life is. I enter mm-hmm. into this other field of knowing that is not the patriarchy. Yeah. Then when I return to, you know, it's like I, I'm living in two worlds now. I'm not. Yes. I'm not yes. so. I'm, yep. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not so uh, identified. Relatable. Yeah. With the dominant culture. I'm, I'm like seeing it for kind of more of what it right. is, which is dissonant and psychotic. And it's like, well, yeah. wait a minute. Why are people trying yeah. to strategize safety within something so disruptive and destru- dis- destructive. Incoherent. And incoherent. Incoherent. So speak to that for yourself. Like how do you, because obviously you've really cultivated this way of being in the feminine flow. And yet, you know, mm-hmm. here we are, you know, talking and doing podcasts. Um <laughs> Which is kind of a linear conversation in a certain way. Um, mm. popular, popular today. How do you how do you live in those two worlds for yourself? What are some of the ways you play with um, that? How do I live in the two worlds myself? Hmm. Interesting question. I think the first thing I want to say is that I, for whatever reason, have always had this insatiable, passionate hunger for the real, for the real. Mm -hmm. And from a very young age, I looked around and I was like, this is off. This is off. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but it's not right. Mm. And I just, I feel to speak to that because I think that, you know, perhaps, there are some who have that awakened hunger more loud than others, but I do think it's universal in human beings. And I think that I have found that everyone has that whisper in their soul that's longing Mm -hmm. to come home, that's longing to come back to the real. And um, I think that the way that the dominant paradigm you know, doesn't match a coherence to that sacred spark of the real. You know, the 
the deep feminine current of reality, the organic, the wild, the, the deeper, the held, um, you can feel crazy with your longing for the real. You can feel crazy. What, what is, why do I feel like something's off? What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Should I medicate myself or get therapy or, right, <laughs> to fix mm-hmm. this sense of incoherence? And so I just, I feel to say that in this moment almost as a prayer, as, um, you know, may all beings who have that taste and hunger for the real, you know, trust it and listen to it mm-hmm. and follow it and tend to it and nurture it and you know may we reflect that to each other Mm. I think that um, you know to be quite honest with you I um, I live on on the edge of society in many ways I'm 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 sort of like in my in in my crone phase already even though I'm you know in my mid-30s I I very much resonate with that archetype um but I would say that you know in terms of the frequency sort of like you know needing to go into the frequency of patriarchy you know I just really do my best to stay with me in the current and some of the most beautiful experiences of my life I think are in those you know those moments with the cashier or the the stranger on the sidewalk where like I just take them down with my presence I invite them down you know Mm. and then they join me and it's like yeah Here we are. Hi. You know, so being an invitation, being a walking invitation, I think is really... Um, That's really beautiful. One thing that I we really can do. That. Mm-hmm. It's hard, though, you yeah. know, because, because you have to be willing to, to seem crazy. And, and I am. And, and that's, you know, Me part of my medicine, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone is. And it's, and it's hard to be seen as a, as a freak, you know? <laughs> It's not for everyone, and so there's a lot. I've gotten very. I'm a a lot older, so I I, I'm very comfortable with it. Um, Exactly. Well, that's the crone medicine. It's it's, it's just not giving a fuck, right? Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. 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 um, I do want to say one other thing, though, which is, you were speaking so powerfully about this being held by 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 love. Right, which is totally the experience I have when I drop into what I, I'm calling the deep feminine current of reality, which, yes, totally agree with you. It's, it is, it is a dim, an actual dimension of reality that's here all the time, and we've just been conditioned to kind of rise above it, you know. Um, perhaps that feeling of being held and loved is what can give us the courage to not fit in, you know, when we're not aligning I, with the I, I think it actually frequency. literally does because I think that when you can, uh, when you access that current, as you call it, um, it's such a nourishing, 
it's such a place of nourishment. Yeah. And if we understand that uh, the dominant culture is exhausting, it's depleting, mm-hmm. it's, it's sucking, it's soul-sucking, then when I mm-hmm. enter that, that depth of, of nourishment, I'm holding, mm-hmm. I'm holding a kind of, I am holding, I am the chalice. You know, I'm holding the fluidity of life in my tissue in a way, in my organs in a way that I'm actually able to to be present to the chaos um, so that I can be coherent enough to hold a different way of being within the, what is going on, you know, for at least for a period of time. You know, for at least for a I want to take your classes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're When's doing the next myself. one coming up? I think you've already taken you've, you've taken them on your own. You've, <laughs> you've created the same thing. You know, it's well. It's I think I think it, that's what's so fascinating is we're kind of touching the, some of the same places, but with different language and different tools, probably. So it's just yeah, it's such a treat. Um, yeah. I do want to say I do want to say one totally different thing about the dominant I want to kind of just hit it from a different angle which is I think that um, you know we are really going into more and more chaos and groundlessness and uncertainty and almost like a collective madness and I think that in a kind of crazy wisdom, bigger picture way, even though it's it's raucous and it's uncomfortable and it's painful, I think it's good. I actually think it's good. It's sort of almost like, you know, the mad woman, the archetype of the mad woman, right? That's just like been suppressed by the rational, logical, controlling patriarch. It's just like busting out you know, this sort of temporary disorientation, temporary collective madness, temporary, um, oh my gosh, the polarities and the binaries are so intense now, right? It's like these two sides, two sides that are fighting over like every little thing now. And it's almost like when I, when I feel into it on a more archetypal kind of a multi-dimensional level I feel like it's very sacred and blessed like like something is breaking open something is breaking through something is cornering us into having to find a different way to be mm. because the mind is not going to cut it going forward it's mm. not going to cut it for the next 10 years for what's coming mm. we can't live uh we can't live there anymore as our dominant compass, you know. Mm. So, mm. Um, yeah. Well, that actually good. Feel, feels good to me. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> yeah, it does. I, I feel it I, does. I you know, like it, it, it was just kind hope. of mm. the mad woman hope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think like you know we. We, if we demonize the collective madness happening right now, we're just doing the same thing. 
right? Yeah. It's it's like let's if we just take a bigger bird's eye view for a second and see the collective as an organism, something's shaking loose. Something's yeah. shaking, breaking, breaking down, breaking through, breaking open, and goddess bless, you know. Uh, we need it, and that doesn't mean it's easy. That doesn't mean it's easy. That doesn't mean there isn't suffering, you know. Um, but that also doesn't mean it's wrong. It also doesn't mean that it's mm-hmm. bad. That this, too, maybe is part of the larger wisdom and organic intelligence of the cycles of nature that is her. Yeah. <laughs> Before we stop, let's, can, can we go into a little bit, because you did, did drop in a little bit around the ancestral piece. And, I, and, I, mm. and going back to, I've been, I, my work has been focusing more in my own explorations on the ancestors. And, mm-hmm. and the ancestors have been appearing to me. And, and, um, and, I'm, and I'm recognizing that so much of what we're looking with social justice, but also what we're looking at uh, white bodies in particular, is this ability mm-hmm. to turn towards those European women mm-hmm. who were burned. You know that who who mm. yeah the 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 trauma or and 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 devastation that we are now it's in our tissue. Mm. And and so I, I'm wanting to work with that both. I, I know, you know, there's there's rituals, there's there's recognition, there's storytelling, there's voicing, and you know, there's movement of of mm. turning turning towards so that the ancestors are actually behind us, but out. Uh, that that it's our our duty or responsibility to 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 work with it to heal to to mm. come to terms with being the oppressor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So I I've been really yes. exploring that and and taking it you know in in digestible or, or just even holding something of an idea in my mouth and kind of you know, moving it around with my tongue going, God, can I, you know, can I swallow this bitter pill or this? Because somehow I know that if I can, there's medicine there. Yeah. I will be part of what is breaking open, breaking through, breaking, like, like this is the moment to, Hmm. to not just see myself as a victim of something, but to actually see that I carry the oppressor within me. Yeah. Not with yeah. guilt, not with like, hey, you know, I'm responsible, but with responsibility uh, of of allowing my being to be part of the reclamation. Absolutely. Yes, I mean, I, you know, this is something that I am admittedly, um, you know, second grade level. I think just really starting to get curious about and inquire into and you know there's a there's actually a whole body of work that people are doing around um, like 
cultural somatics, you know, and what happens when we start working with things like um, sex and gender and race from a somatic perspective in groups. And I think probably that has to be, that has to be, uh, you know, the necessary medicine for us to, to digest the charge and the emotions and the history, personal histories and the imprints and the ancestral imprints through our bodies together in real time. You know, all the somatic Specifically imprints. the goddess. You know, if we're going to reclaim that energy, what is the, you know, like the shame of, like there's some relationship between the ancestral shame and and devastation of, um, hmm. you know, in other words, I, I understand that like goddess energy is still alive, it's been suppressed. But I'm just wondering how you you see the relationship of as you brought up is the which is being burned in this moment where, which I've always like I want to know like you know that's where I'm going to read the alphabet book you know so I was what happened <laughs> what happened in right. this like what I mean to me I look at it as a species yeah. like how could a species mm. all of a sudden do what we did like like what could have happened and I know you know it's yeah. kind of a way of Many indigenous people looked at, you know, the colonizations like, what is wrong with these people? They're really ill. Like, what, yeah, what, would, exactly. what would have happened to them that they would come here and do that? You know, like, like there's this question in me. Like totally. That, like, and so I, I yes. think that in different well, ways of thinking about it. And feeling into it's it. Interesting. Into it's it. interesting because, you know, even anthropologists who have done deep research on this have, you know, holes in their theories and there's gaps in their understanding and there's sort of predictions and possibilities named trying to put this map together of what happened. Um, there are people who think that, you know, there was like alien intervention and all kinds of wild stuff. Um, I don't pretend to have the answer, but I know in my own somatic exploration with my own internalized, um, you know, the conqueror that lives in me, I feel there was a trauma that happened in humans' relationship to the earth, to the feminine, the goddess, as the holder nourisher, abundant, you know, the, the juice and the, the life and the, the fruit and the breasts and the, the seasons and this incredible abundance that the earth provides as mother. I feel there was some kind of trauma that happened um, where that relationship went from abundance and safety and holding and love to scarcity. And that scarcity created a trauma response where we then, to survive, had to dominate the earth, to survive. 
And then that had all kinds of implications and we're still in like a trauma reverberation from that. I'm sure there's more to it, but this is my piece, is that um, because what I, what I find is that my connection to abundance and fulfillment and being held is not dependent on my circumstances. Now, if I was, you know, starving and not didn't have shelter, I mean, that would be another thing. But that relationship to fulfillment and abundance and holding um, is a state that we find inside of ourselves. And that's, I think, a primary thing that we've lost in this culture is how to experience fullness, fulfillment, satiation. So it's like a hungry ghost. It's a trauma mm-hmm. response of scarcity. Because like you're saying, when you drop in to what I'm calling the deep feminine current and you call the bio-intelligent, what do you call it? But, yeah, the wild or bio-intelligence or animal body. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's, like you said, nourishment. It's just direct nourishment, fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our culture, of course, is constantly telling us, oh, you need this to be fulfilled. And you just keep chasing the carrot on the stick, chasing fulfillment, 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 never getting there because we don't know how to actually experience it. So it doesn't matter what we, you know, above our basic needs being met. It doesn't matter if we don't have access to that channel, right? Mm. So that's my sense is there's some, there's like a scarcity trauma that happened with the earth. And that just had ripple, you know, implications to our relationship to the feminine, the goddess, women, women's bodies, women birthing. You know, it's all connected. Yeah. It sure is. There's so many layers to this. There's, you know, there's the story of the, yeah, there's the story of the women of the well, you know, that, that protect the well of life. And, and then, you know, a woman mm-hmm. is raped. And, you know, my immediate response to that story is what would, what, because a woman, the sun is, comes from mm-hmm. a woman's body. What would drive, what would, what would mm-hmm. be that impulse? You know, and we can mm-hmm. look at rape as the woman, but we can look at rape as the earth. And, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, and it's like that impulse to take or that impulse to, to destroy, mm-hmm. I just it to me that's that's kind of where I hover these days of like just yeah. kind of feeling into it, not as repulsion, not as uh, you know kind of a fear response, but like like wow, what 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 disrupted so so much, and I know from from talking to. This, there are a lot of stories about human beings making mistakes in which that changed their relationship to Earth. So, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just starting down that little. I'm, I'm tracking these little currents of, and you mm-hmm. know, part of me is like, well, you don't really have to solve this. You have to, you know, <laughs> this is not yours to solve. But part of me is like, but it just feels. So um, it feels like something that needs to be metabolized. 
That's how yeah. I experience well, it. And how, it's almost how can like we I know? don't know how to metabolize it. Yeah. It's not yes. And so you can't reject well, it because it's actually something we do have to break apart or break through or dissolve or compost or Yes. Become intimate and curious with. Yes, intimate and curious with. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and so like I said, on that micro level, what I feel is that when that impulse in me to um, dominate, control, take, um, just in my like moment-by-moment experience, it doesn't trust, that impulse in me doesn't trust that if I let go and drop down that something will hold me mm-hmm. and that nourishment mm-hmm. can be found right when I drop back and down and in rather than clench and twist up and out right yeah. and yet every time I get caught every time I get help every time every time so it's like teaching teaching that part it's okay you can drink it's okay. It's right here. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. So, Mai, will you um, will you read us uh, one of your poems? I didn't ask ahead of time. Oh. Would you, okay. Would you, would you leave us with yeah. your poems? Yeah. And I'll leave you to decide Absolutely. what poem would be, be the one you'd love to read. All right. I'm just gonna. Um, pull up my website <laughs> and yeah. find my yeah, own Yeah, you home. have so many great ones. I started like, going, oh, could she, oh, I'd love her to read. Oh, I'd like it. You know, and then it's like, I'd rather just you mm. choose one. So, yes, take your mm. time. And I know I didn't really yeah. didn't ask you ahead of time. Well, I think, uh, here, I'll read this one. Um, it's interesting because a lot, of, a lot of women really, you know, wanted to project onto this that it's like, a letter to men from women and you might find that that it applies in that way but I I really wrote this from the feminine from the deep feminine current of reality from you know the wisdom of the river of the feminine that I feel rising very strongly on this planet right now to the um, the dominant patriarchal consciousness called Dear Masculine. Dear Masculine, please do not cower in my presence. Do not attempt to diminish me out of fear. Do not seek to rise above me. Do not push me down. Please do not ignore the growing sound of my vital pulsing song. Do not shut your eyes and ears to the mighty current of my body. Behold me, please. Do not dismiss me now as you have done before. 
Do not hide from what my presence will expose. Do not fear the gift of death I deliver. Do not brace against the blackness of my waters. Do not shy away from the seduction of my fertile opening. I am opening. Hold yourself steady. Allow the passion I evoke, the trembling of both desire and fear. Do not attempt to possess me here, please. Do not try to lead or direct me. Do not exploit me for your gain. Know the language of a river. Please, listen, pause, wait, hold. Do not cower in the face of my magnificence. Do not scorn me for the treasures of my true devotion. Meet me, please. Power to power. Meet me, neither above nor below. My fertile void is calling now. Your dissolve into me is the resurrection of the King. Your humble courage is required here. Power to power. Feel me now. This is the dawning of a new era. Thank you. Hmm. I so appreciate you and appreciate you taking your time to chat with me today. Yeah, could I could I actually just say one more thing that the poem really absolutely wanted me to <laughs> this idea of your dissolve into me is the resurrection of the king. Oh my god, it's so potent. You know, I and, and I, I just, I feel this so strongly and it, it comes through in all of my teachings and my embodiment work. And it's not about men or women or gender. This is something that all human beings, because we've been so patriarchalized, really um, can experience as an alchemy, which is that when, when that distorted masculine, patriarchal, you know, the false masculine, that which has been called the masculine, which is actually just set against the feminine, <laughs> dissolves, consents to dissolving into that river. Trust being held, being nourished, you know, drops down into the, into the wild, into the deep feminine current of reality. What gets born through that alchemy is 
I believe, the true essence of the masculine. Mm. So may it be so. May it be so. And I do feel that men are really craving that. You know, so many, mm-hmm. especially young men, are, are yeah. seeking that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone is. I think everyone has been turned into the distorted patriarchal masculine in this culture, especially white bodies, but women as well. You know, it's just, it's, it's the dominant paradigm. Yeah. And yet, let's, let's remember the longing for the real, the secret pull in, the, in every, the soul of every human being that knows, that longs for, that wants to taste, you know, the true, the organic, the natural, the wild, the real. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Thank you so much for inviting me. This was so inspiring to, to share with you in this way, and I'm just really honored to be an ally with you in this. You're welcome, and thank you for leading us through this um, and in such an inspiring way. I feel like you are mm. really, really calling us home. So mm. Thank you, Maya. Yeah. Mm.